Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. If you work in talent development, you know that your job has become more important than ever. The problem is there's so much uncertainty and noise out in the business world, and things are changing so fast, it's hard to know where to go and what tools and resources to use to solve your problems. That's why I created the Talent Development Think Tank community as a central place to connect with other L&D professionals so that we can share best practices, share challenges, ask questions, and get solutions that help us improve the way we work. Join today to get instant access to our community of ambitious, helpful talent development professionals who understand your world and can help you solve your problems. Right now, you can join for just $1 for the first two weeks and experience the community for yourself. And because you listen to this podcast, you can take an extra 10% off by using the discount code HOTSEAT, all one word. That's discount code HOTSEAT when you check out. Just go to our website, tdtt.us, and use code HOTSEAT. That's tdtt.us. Head on over there, use the code HOTSEAT, and we'll see you inside. Now enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited you're joining me today for another great conversation to help you level up in the world of talent development. And today's going to be a little bit different because I am not the one conducting the interview. That's right. After 200 some odd episodes on the Talent Development Hot Seat over the last three years, I have a guest interviewer on today, and that is my good friend and business partner, Bennett Phillips. When I went out due to cancer earlier this year, really going back to November, December of 2020, and then started uh, treatment in January of 2021, and I was on the couch for a few months, I really wasn't able to conduct any new interviews. I canceled all the interviews that I had scheduled. And you may have noticed during that time, if you're a longtime listener, that uh, we were publishing a lot of content from our Talent Development Virtual Summit that we hosted last year, as well as some best of episodes near the end of 2020. And so we kept things going. I don't think we missed a week. If we did, maybe we missed one. And that was 
all really great content from the Talent Development Virtual Summit. So I'm proud that even though I was sick, that I had cancer, that I was in the hospital over the course of about six months, that we're able to keep things going and keep putting out great content for you to listen to, to keep learning and being inspired in the world of talent development. But during that time, Bennett, who is, again, a good friend, who was my partner in Talent Development Think Tank Conference that we hosted in January 2020, is a good friend of mine. And he reached out and said, hey, can I do something? Can I host some calls in the Talent Development Think Tank community? Can I guest host some interviews for the podcast to help keep things going? And I said, yeah, sure, absolutely. I'd love your help. And so it took him a little while to get set up and get guests lined up. But he did record an interview with one of his friends and clients, Dr. Mario Brown, who is the Chief Talent Development Officer at First Horizon Bank in Memphis, Tennessee. And I've had the pleasure of talking with Dr. Mario Brown in the past and really impressed with all the stuff he's done there. He attended one of our talent development roundtables that we hosted when COVID started back in early 2020, when we were hosting a lot of talent development leaders in roundtable discussions as the precursor to what I eventually launched with the talent development think tank community and was impressed with Dr. Brown and wanted to get him on the podcast eventually. So it was great that that Bennett reached out and ended up scheduling that interview. So what you're going to hear today is an interview between my friend Bennett Phillips interviewing Dr. Mario Brown, who is the Chief Talent Development Officer at First Horizon Bank. Just a note on the Talent Development Think Tank community, which you've heard me talk about many times in the past. As I record this in June of 2021, We just passed 100 members. Uh, All of them are fantastic people in the talent development, learning and development community. We are growing and there are more and more great guest speakers coming in to speak in our community. A lot of great conversations and just a really great opportunity to network, connect, learn, share and grow. And so if that's something that you have been thinking about, if you don't have a community to connect with, to belong to, highly recommend you come check us out. Our website is talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. You'll be able to find out all the information about the community there, including if we still have a $1 trial offer for you to join for the first two weeks. And I want to let you know that we are also, Bennett and I, Bennett was my partner on the first Talent Development Think Tank conference that we hosted in January 2020. We are also working on plans for the next Talent Development Think Tank conference, which likely will be in January 2022. Location and dates, TBD, although we are uh, hopefully getting that figured out in the very near future. And as soon as we do, I'll probably start mentioning on the podcast so you can book your calendars and book your tickets. Uh, But we don't have those available quite yet, but we definitely want to bring that back now that things are coming back together. You know, high percentage of people are vaccinated, people are traveling again. I'm hosting an in-person retreat for our members of the talent development think tank community in September in Colorado, which I'm really excited about. By the way, if you're interested in joining that, you've got to be a member, so you've got to come join our community first. Um, But I'm really excited about doing a small retreat in September and then bringing the conference back in January. And if you're interested in any of those things, uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have questions, ideas, suggestions. My email is andy at andystorch.com. Here is Bennett's interview with Dr. Mario Brown, Chief Talent Development Officer at First Horizon Bank. Enjoy. So, Dr. Brown, welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. So glad to have you on this interview today. Welcome. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about your organization. Sure. So, my name is Mario Brown, and I have the uh, wonderful opportunity to serve as the Chief Talent Development Officer for First Horizon. 
We are currently uh, an organization. We're currently going through a merger, but we have a little more than 8,000 associates, a little more than $80 billion in terms of assets, um, and, and primarily serve primarily serve in the South and Southeast for the most part. But in the future, we hope to grow even more. And um, for the organization, I you know I really get to live out my what I consider to be my dream job, and living that dream is exciting, but also a challenge at the same time. So what is traditionally the learning and development functions for organizations report up to me, but also have a strong connection with our chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer so that we can make sure we have a strong integrated approach to all of these things that affect our associates. Yeah, very important. When we talked a little bit as we were preparing for this conversation, you mm-hmm. mentioned just the, the merging of the teams and how those efforts around diversity, equity, and inclusion are not some separate piece, right? So, sort of something that lives by itself, but how it should be woven in. I think the word you used was woven in. I thought that was such a perfect word to use to describe it. And you also shared something about as the companies were merging, really the talent development, uh, learning and development teams had to merge as well, which goes without saying, right? But but you had mentioned that they the two organizations had very different styles when it comes to developing talent, how they support the business. So would you tell us just a little bit about how did those organizations come together? How long has it been going on and what sorts of efforts have been made to, to merge those two approaches, cultures, et cetera, from a talent development perspective? Yes. So that was a very interesting journey. So I'm going to pull back just a little bit because if any of the listeners are within this situation, I just want them to know that they are not alone. So I have been working for the institution for quite some time, but I actually moved into the chief talent development officer role as part of the merger. So imagine that the traditional or the uh, former learning executives, um, both of them um, were um, kind of put into other positions as we moved through the merger and I was to serve as the ongoing chief talent development officer. And it was my first time serving in such a role and I was freaking out to be really honest. I knew I had the basis, uh, but I had to really quickly muster in my mind, what will I be able to uh, pull upon to make this work? Because this was a big deal, right? We had these two more than 100 year old institutions coming together, both of them very, very successful within their own right. But we had a lot of things in place. We had um, two great cultures, but they were different. So you can have, you know, culture Culture means what it means to that company and those associates, right? So we had two great cultures that we had to blend together. Um, sometimes I use the analogy, it's like getting married. It's like bringing two great families together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got it all used to bringing those things together. In addition to that, we had different service models. One organization had a very, what I would call, when you think about talent development as a whole and what we should be offering, um, and you think about the level of scope, one organization had a very kind of limited scope. Um, and what the way I would express that would be, basically the markets may come or market leaders will come and say, hey, here's what we need. We need you to deliver it, right? Um, and they would execute on that and do it very well. They embraced a lot of technology in order to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And they had uh, very few people resources or associate resources to kind of to get that done. So they leveraged or leaned a lot on technology to do that. Whereas another organization, another part of the organization <clears throat> had a robust set of services, consulting services. I mean, they were participating in every meeting. A market leader would come and ask for a service and they would pull them back and say, okay, let's look and see if this is really the model and framework and 
um, uh, the type of experience that we should be creating. So they were much more uh, consultative in their processes. Additionally, another side, the other side of the house did not leverage technology as much. It was very much <laughs> in-person, you know, stand-up kind of training as well. So we had a lot to reconcile with. Um, I would imagine there's lessons learned from both sides can teach each other something probably, right? I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what ended up happening. And it was, like I said, it was rewarding, but it was also challenging at the same time. The first mm -hmm. thing we had to get past were the mindsets of the individuals, not only the ones on our team who thought that each of us had the best model to use, uh, but then we also had to go out and, and talk to our own clients, which were the internal associates that we were serving every day. So we spent actually a couple of months creating what we called a go-to model. And basically what we ended up doing is we listed out every single service and offering that we provided. I mean, every single one of them. And we talked about who did it impact? What were the audiences? What was the benefit of it? What was the cost associated with it? What is the delivery model for that? Um, we also went back and did an analysis and say, was this really impactful or not? Should we continue this? Is there another or better way to do it? So we went through this super cool, but super challenging process <laughs> of understanding what is it that we were offering separately and what is it that we needed to offer together. And it finally came together without, you know, without it. How, um, how long did that um, without, analysis period take? What would you say the time investment was on that analysis period of things? Sure. It took us about four months. And here's the reason why. And I and some some people may say, no, you can get it done faster than that. But for me, then it is back to what I said earlier. <clears throat> when people go through experience, when people go through any change, they people feel like they're losing something. Yeah. And that's not always easy to get people past that part of you're not losing something. We're evolving or we're trying to make this more efficient. So mm -hmm. I wanted to give it some time. We had the time and I wanted to give it some time that I was allowed. So the first month or so, to be really honest, we did a lot of understanding each other and really just sitting back and hearing the stories of each other's successes and challenges as well. We spent a lot of time around that. And then we created an environment where people could ask questions without mm -hmm. feeling threatened right. about these processes and what more can we do together? Or what's possible for us? Or what else would you have liked to see differently that you weren't able to do? So we spent that time first just trying to get to know each other. After that, we quickly went into, okay, now we're here. So let's start analyzing this stuff. We, here's the budget we had at first. Here's the budget we will have. Here's who we need to serve. Here are our people. Here's the skill set. So we started to do that. And then we started to kind of bring together this model of saying, okay, we want to focus on these things going forward. We want our associates to be ready. We do want to leverage technology. We want something that's scalable, right? We know that we won't have as many stand-up resources as we had at first. And by the way, people like this, this on-demand technology access. We need to accommodate our clients. So we brought it all together, and it came out into what we call the go-to model, and we were really excited about it. And we're still in the uh, execution phase of it now, but we do have some early wins that you know, coming out of 2021, I'm just so excited for the team to be able to uh, showcase those uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. And so especially being able to, to meet the needs of the people as we're suddenly and unexpectedly having to go remote on everything, right? I mean, it's it's a topic I, everybody's, you know, <laughs> talked about to death. But in a way, I know for, for us as an organization, it was uh, necessities, the mother of invention kind of thing where there were resources clients had asked for in the past that can we do this virtually and it was like no <laughs> yeah yeah right, well, right 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 now you yeah. can well, 
Yeah. Yeah. So in a way, it was kind of like, uh, you know, a, a gift, I'm sure, for it your was. organization to be, to be able to say, hey, we have to figure this out. So, yeah, yeah, it was the burning platform we needed. And I, I am so appreciative of it. Yeah. And so as we were, again, preparing for this conversation, you mentioned how the focus for your organization is on relationships. You said that's the key to banking, right? And I would imagine that means relationships with your customers who come into your branches, but also relationships inside the organization. And during a merger, when there's confusion and uncertainty around culture and all that stuff, Absolutely. can you talk about how that played into this change and and how, <laughs> you know, that seemed to be the, the one of the biggest areas that it, really made your internal clients happy with the changes that was. are going on is building those relationships. So we'd lo love to hear more from you on that. Man, you're absolutely right. You know, at the end of the day, I always tell people, and, and I know it sounds cliche, but it's, it's true. The most valuable asset any organization has are its people. And at the end of the day, every person requires a connection, uh, some type of emotional connection. Sometimes it can be very deep and sometimes it can be surface level, but we require connections, right? And just like I told you with my own internal team, once we started to get our strategy together, I said, team, it is now time for us to help our clients understand where we're going, what we're doing. We don't want them to feel as if they are losing anything. We want them to feel as if and know that we are really enhancing uh, what they had at first. So what we ended up doing, Bennett, um, is we put together, this is another gift, we put together what we call a virtual road show. We had a deck. Um, it was very simple in format. Um, we had all team members, all parties of the business to have at least something to say on the slide. We chose, we literally went through every, sing, um, every senior leader in the company. We scheduled time with them to walk through it. We sent it to them earlier. We walked through the um, presentation with them. But the key was, at least for me, was when we scheduled that meeting, 50% of that meeting time was devoted to that client giving us feedback, asking us questions, telling us what did we miss and what else would they like to see. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you, to this day, knock on wood, <laughs> we have yet to experience any pushback, major negative feedback about the things that we're, we're doing because all of our clients felt included in that process. Mm -hmm. And what we also did was we told them, when you give us feedback, we're going to take this feedback and we're going to modify our strategy we're appropriate to make sure we're accommodating the enterprise as we should. And we even came back and showed them how we modified it, what we're addressing and what we're doing. And I'm gonna be honest with you, people are just very appreciative of the approach that we have taken on it. And what we also recognized too was, you know, early in this phase, it's hard to go from one model completely to a different model on both sides. Right. But we knew that our in-between, our go-to model had to have a combination of both. So here's what we did. Even though we know our forward-looking strategy of where we want to go, for these first few years, what we're doing is I've assigned consultants to work with each of these lines of business very intimately. And where there are some one-offs that they still want to kind of do maybe a little something from the past of, you know, that service model, okay, we'll allow for some of that for right now with the caveat, knowing that in the future, we will be going to this more integrated model. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a back and forth approach. You know, we didn't want to yank everybody away. <laughs> yeah, I, We still want everybody to be on board. And um, it's, it's been great, man. I'll be honest with you. I'm just very thankful uh, for where we are and what we're able to achieve thus far. 
COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Yeah, that's great. I, I like to think of the analogy of you think everybody's on one side of the boat, right? And if everybody suddenly rushes to the other side, it's going to capsize, right? That's right. But that's if some right. people are going to the other side and some people from that side are going to this side and everything, well, then there, you know, you things, there may still be a little turbulence, right? But There you go. Yeah, and you were telling me uh, previously about that you and your team had spent really just as much time, maybe even more on the change process, change management, change leadership, than on the program itself. And I, I think a lot of times we, we forget that, right? We the, the, So much is spent on making sure the program's a really good program, however you define program, yeah. right? I mean, we could talk about it as an actual yeah. learning experience, a talent, right. talent planning program or whatever it might be. And then the change management is something we kind of do because we know we have to, and it's just like an afterthought. Right. But it sounded like mm -hmm. you and your team really proactively spent as much or maybe even more time managing leading that change. And that's the stuff you're saying about talking with people, that's making right. sure that their voices are heard and everything. Yeah. Anything that's else right. you'd say on that? Yeah. No, you, you nailed it. I, I mean, in this environment, the thing I realized was I was, you know, I used myself as an instrument. I realized that Mario Brown was going through some extreme change and I needed somebody to talk to and make me know that I'm not losing it, right? <laughs> I needed just, you know, I just needed somebody to say, okay, you're gonna be fine. Let's let's take one step at a time. And so basically it's the same thing here. I wanted to use that same approach. I knew that all of our internal clients were experiencing at least, at least at a minimum, the same level of frustration I was feeling about many things. And I said, yeah. hey, let's do the same thing. Let's go talk to our people make sure they know that we're going to be okay. We're going to figure this out and we're going to get it done. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. So tell me about the, the, the talent planning processes you use. I know that you really spend a lot of time looking at the data. And, and I also know that you've done some work. I find this very interesting because we've heard, especially lately, so much about the biases that people have, mm. right? Yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's human nature. We, we all have biases. We all do. You know, we're, we're, we're all guilty of something with that. And, and hopefully most of us are trying to become aware of them and do something about them. But I know that you also have looked into biases that exist in systems. And of course, systems are designed by people. So surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's but, right. but I found that really interesting as you were telling me about that, because if we can all in our organizations address the biases that as individuals have, that's great. But if nothing's fixed mm -hmm. in the systems, some things are automated, some things are set up in a way that create advantages for some and disadvantages for others. And I know you've spent a considerable amount of effort looking at how that impacts the talent planning talent mm -hmm. in your organization at, at, at First Horizon. So I'd love to hear some more from you about that. Sure. So going back to... <laughs> I should one day just write something about the first 
the first executive job you get is a senior level position in an 80 plus billion dollar organization because I was freaking out this entire year about all of these initiatives, but I knew it had to be had to be done. Well, let us know when you write your book about that. You know, we want to we want to hear about the book launch once you're ready. (laughs) Just to let everybody it should be called. It will be okay. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There you go. It will be okay. Yeah, I think people could use it. That's right. So one of the things I also kind of realized early on is as we brought these two organizations together, I, I, I looked out at the field and of course I looked at the demographics of what we had from both sides of the institution. And then of course we kind of looked at the ranks. Normally what people do in terms of mid-level, senior level, executive, women, you know, the whole, the whole shebang. And the thing I feared the most was that normally in a talent planning process, key leaders would know of associates, like you would know of who is performing well, who's not. You would have some kind of tally on them, right? Some kind of understanding of these individuals. But when you're going through a merger, a lot of that is out the window, Yeah. right? And especially if at the end of the day, you know, we were trying to create these hypo programs that our executives need to sign off on. Well, we got executives from both sides of the house and they only know what they know. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, man, at that that absolutely just kept me up at night. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not going to be good. So I had to start evaluating a little bit about what were we doing currently to support this system that doesn't allow for our organizations separately to be held? And then will these systems also create even more trouble, you know, when we try to bring this organization together to not allow us to be held, to advance underrepresented talent and try to diffuse bias in these processes. And so almost every system, every program, every experience, we started to look at how do we, how do we create a shared definition of diversity or inclusion? And what does that look like? What does it look like in our credit programs and our commercial programs? What does it look like in our learning and development experiences? Within our performance management system, do we have language or do we have questions they may automatically exclude some people versus others you know we find it very i'll give you an example we find it very matter of fact to say hey what type of professional development have you been in but if you think about it there are people within roles that don't really even have that opportunity to participate in quote-unquote professional development yeah and depending on the type of organization you have just so far you know i'll just speak to first horizon um, some of those, or a majority, I won't say all, but a majority of those individuals that are in those types of roles are people of color. Mm-hmm. So you kind of start, you know, you have to start thinking about things like they're like, what are we asking? What are we saying? And how is that inhibiting somebody and promoting another? And does that lead to the differentiation we see throughout the organization? And so, so I just want to be sure I understand. So are you saying when you when you're looking at there's who, who is there potential to advance in the organization? And one of the ways you determine who might have the potential is by finding out what kind of professional development have you had. And if they've had a good amount, then they might be a good candidate, but you realize along the way, a lot of people haven't had that opportunity. Is that what you're saying? So how would they be tapped as a candidate if they didn't get the development in the first place? Absolutely. Professional development. Yes. Professional development links to one Mm -hmm. of the factors we talked about a person's aspiration, Mm -hmm. right? How developed do you want to be? Do you have that self-discretionary effort to go out and do things over and beyond your job, right? So yeah, right. all of what you're saying, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, so Bennett, that was one thing we ended up looking at, but we even expanded it out. You know, we also wanted to expand the visibility of talent across the organization too. 
one of the things that we notice within our own system, I don't know if other organizations are like this, is when we get ready to do talent and succession planning, we oftentimes ask leaders to only look down within their functional unit and say, you know, who, who's, who's rising? Who's coming up to be the next, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the next. Yeah. But what we also realize is that those leaders rarely have visibility as to the other functional units that are part of this enterprise. And what I ended up noticing was there are leaders that were in other functional units who could be what we call enterprise leaders. Like we could place Bennett in another functional unit. Mm-hmm. And because of his aspiration to constantly be curious and develop himself, uh, because of the jobs that he has done or his performance so far, he has a basic set of skills where he could thrive in this other department. Will he need a little upskilling? Absolutely. But you know what? It's better than starting from zero. Right. So what I also loved about that, so those are the types of things that we're looking at right now to really try to reevaluate our systems in place to encourage this kind of uh, talent ecosystem that's a little bit more thriving and open and transferable between functional units. And I think I shared with you earlier, I had to find a way to articulate this point that was running through my mind to some of our senior leaders. And so what I ended up doing was I I took um, uh, succession and talent identification data from, you know, two years or so ago. And I just demonstrated to them. I said, look, if we do our traditional process that we have always done, here's the visibility, here are the candidates that we will have in our talent pipeline. But if we were to revise some of these systems and look at this in a broader way, Look at the percentage increase that you have of potential associates that can move up and throughout the organization. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Mm-hmm. And so now we are in the early stages of executing on that and then making sure we implement effective processes and procedures. Because the other thing that we don't want to do is we don't want people to feel like this is a game. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't want to, like, put you know, metrics and other things where people can, because we got some smart people at the bank. Yeah, you know, they start, start gaming it. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Love in it. a good way, in a good way. Yeah, but, I get you know, it, yeah. Um, and they, they're they very competitive the, too. Yeah. yeah, they'll figure it out. They'll, yeah. you know, we got, and, but the other, the unintended consequences, we don't want people to feel like they're a quota. We don't want people to feel like they were just a number or right. they, they had some hammy out that was not based on their skills and who they are. And, and not only because of their uh, skin color or gender. We don't, because that, that devalues a person, I think, when that was the only reason you were selected was because of this, you know, we needed to meet this quota. We're not trying to do that. And we right. don't want our associates to think that's what we're trying to do. So, yeah, so it's taken us a while because this is hard stuff, right, to do uh, in an effective and balanced way. So going back to what I said earlier, we really are trying to think about how do we, as an enterprise, create a shared thought or definition around what does diversity and inclusion mean for all of us and how does that incorporate into all the systems and practices that we do each and every day and how will that help our organization thrive for another 100 years yeah that's great i I mean you think about it from the organization's perspective and suddenly you know there's been a a war for talent if you call it that for as long as i can remember i've that's right i've been in the space space for 15 years now and I remember hearing that term war for talent back when I first started in the learning and development world and no one stopped talking about it since. I'm like, it's not a war for this. It's just the way it is. Good talent is hard. It's the way it is. That's right. right? (laughs) It's more like an, uh, an economy of, of talent and 
Sure. You know, the economy is booming from a uh, from a demand perspective for for good talent. Mm -hmm. So suddenly, having gone through these these steps you've gone through, now the senior leaders in the organization suddenly their talent pool is a lot bigger. Absolutely, and that's what they love. And it's not new talent. It's just you know you pulled back the curtain to say, hey, they they were here all along. We weren't looking for them. That's exactly right. Yes, I love that. We pull back the curtain. I love that. That's right. So for those associates, like you said, you don't want them to think they're just a quota or whatever. But really, it's things weren't set up in a way that was made us good at finding you. And we're there you go. That's how you showed up on our radar now. And we're glad you did that kind of thing. That's right. It's a win. And I think that's a challenge. I think that's a challenge, though, Bennett, for a lot of talent development or learning professionals is how do you take because that's the amazing part. I know you've seen this. We all have this disjointed data that we have available on our associates and all of this. But we rarely kind of connect it in a way that helps to do what you just said, like pull back the curtain. And so anyhow, I think just for them, it was like, oh, my goodness gracious, like, this is great. (laughs) We're able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Dr. Mario Brown, thanks so much for spending the time talking with me. Uh, Really do appreciate you coming on the show. Hopefully our our listeners will, I imagine you'll be getting some LinkedIn reach outs and things like that. So hopefully you're okay with people coming. I would love to. Hey, but how did you do this? And what happened when such and such (laughs) thing didn't work or whatever? We really like to think of, of the, the guests and the listeners of this podcast as being a community. And so hopefully you'll be Absolutely. connecting with a lot of people. And again, thanks for, for spending the time here together. It was, it was very much worth it to me. So thank you for inviting me. All right. Thanks again. All right. That will do it for Bennett's interview with Dr. Mario Brown. I hope you enjoyed that interview and I hope you will come back for more. By the way, if you are interested in getting any free resources, content, including my report on the top five trends in talent development, those are all available on the Advantage Performance Group website. Advantage Performance Group is our main sponsor. Bennett is a partner at Advantage Performance Group and someone you can talk to about any of the solutions that Advantage offers in leadership development, in business acumen, in sales, EQ, communication, any type of training and development you need for your companies, for your organization. And uh, I know Bennett works with a lot of big companies to provide business simulations, leadership development, all that kind of stuff. They are the main sponsor, again, for our website. If you go to talentdevelopmenthotseat.com, that's talentdevelopmenthotseat.com, you'll see all of our episodes there. You'll see something where you can listen to any of the episodes. You'll also see a link for free resources. You should see a link for our my report of the top five trends in talent development. And if you click on the free resources in the menu you'll see that Advantage has hosted tons of webinars with really great speakers throughout the talent development landscape, as well as a lot of free sessions, a lot of free content that you can grab to help inspire you to do more in talent development and really take things to the next level. And if you really want to level up in talent development and you haven't yet joined us in the talent development think tank community, I would love for you to come check that out as well. That website is different. It's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. That's talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. You can get all the information there. We do a live call every Wednesday. We often bring in guest speakers. Many of the guests that you hear on this podcast have come and spoken to us inside the community and done a live open Q&A with our members. We also have a private Slack channel for our members, and we also have a private members-only podcast with exclusive content on there 
just for our members to go listen to while they're out walking the dog, doing laundry, whatever it is you do while you listen to podcasts. So if you like podcasts and you want more, all you have to do is come join us in the Talent Development Think Tank community. And we now have a new level, if you will. We have two levels to the Think Tank community. We have the foundation level and the regular level. And if you're someone who only wants content, you don't care about joining live calls or your schedule's crazy and you just want to listen to the members-only podcast, you can join that for only $39 a month depending on when you're listening to this, the prices do go up over time uh, and get access to the content only. Uh, And then if you want to join our live calls as well and get involved in those live Q&As, you join our regular membership group, which as I record this is now $99 a month or $1,000 a year. Tons and tons of value. To me, it's like a no brainer. I join a lot of things like that, pay out of pocket for a lot of things like that. And they just keep helping me level up and level up and level up. And all of our members love the community. Been running it for a year now. And we can count the number of people on one hand who have left the community and all of them have stated they were leaving because they didn't have enough time to attend the calls. That's been the only reason. Everybody, the satisfaction rate is nearly 100%. Everybody loves it. Our retention rate is really high. If I was running a company, we'd be doing really, really great. But I'm really proud of what we're doing with this membership community. And I love the connections that are being made, the friendships that are being made. And we're also hosting our first membership retreat in-person retreat coming up in September in Colorado. So if you want to check that out, you want to be a join our community, you want to talk with me, head on over to our website, talentdevelopmentthinktank.com. All the information is there. There's even a link to book a 15-minute call with me. If you have questions or ideas, go ahead and book that. Thanks again for listening. I really do appreciate you and I appreciate you tuning in and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.